Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. Our church's vision is to have a passion for God and compassion for people. We hope that the teachings in this podcast will encourage you as you seek to follow Christ and grow in your faith. Now, let's get into today's message. We're in for a real treat here this morning. Uh, we get to hear from one of the uh, missionaries that we support, uh, Gary McCammon. Uh, we have supported them for quite some time now, and uh, he and his wife, Linda, are both here this morning. I encourage you to uh, meet them. If you haven't met them, talk to them, you know, if you have met them as well after uh, service. But uh, we're in for a real treat today to hear all that God is doing in and through both of them. So let's give a warm Ritman Grace Brother Church welcome to Gary McCammon. Usually the people that know us don't really want to talk to us anymore. But. <laughs> oh. How many have um, two-year-olds or have had? Yeah. And when they say, Daddy, Daddy, can I help? <laughs> yeah. Um... The answer to that is, the honest answer to that is usually, mm, not so much. Because let's say daddy's baking a cake. Dads can bake cakes, right? And little uh, Susie, Johnny, whoever it is, comes and says, daddy, daddy, can I help? And you go, help. That's, you're probably not going to help, but, but, but sure. Um, here, you, you can lick the batter. You can lick the um, um, beaters. Because uh, kids like to do that, you know. And good dads let their kids lick the beaters. Great dads turn it off first, but, <laughs> but the good one, yeah, anyhow. Or mommy, mommy, can I help? Moms might be working on the car. I actually had a friend, um, when I was in, I had a friend, in seminary, uh, I was a diesel mechanic, and our car blew a gasket, and so I asked Jerry, I said, Jerry, you know, will you, um, will you come overhaul my car for me, because we had no money either. And he said, yeah, I, I, I could, but I, I'm a diesel mechanic. Actually, my wife is a better gasoline mechanic than I am. So his wife came and, and um, tore my car apart and put it back together. So yeah, bacon, who is, whoever, mommy, mommy, whatever, she's, she's, yeah, she's the one doing the car. And um, so can I help? Oh, wow, I've got two different screens going here. And she says, well, yeah, here, hold this wrench. So two-year-old holds the wrench, you know, and afterwards goes, Daddy, Daddy, I helped Mommy fix the car. Oh, what'd you do? I held the wrench. What's the point? How big a help was it? There was no help. But the cool thing was, what's the point? They were together. They were being with each other while the work was done. Today I'm going to tell a story. Uh, sermons are highly overrated. I don't know if you knew that. Sorry, Clark. Um, I just want to basically tell a story, and it's, it's a biblical story. So I'm going to mainly just be reading a lot of text. I'm going to skip a lot because it's, it's a long story, and there's, like any good biblical story, there's a lot of layers to it. But um, I'm going to mainly be telling a story. I'll make some comments. But the story is Moses and the Magic Stick. Now, actually, it has pretty much nothing to do with Moses. 
or, and there's no magic stick, but I thought it was a cool title, so uh, that's the story of today. It starts out in Exodus 3 with um, the burning bush. Many of you are probably familiar with this. Exodus 3, 2 to 6. You probably can't read that, can you? Hmm? Just, okay, you can't, good, because I can't read that one. But anyhow, so, but listen, listen, this is the background of the story. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses. He's been out in the desert in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, hmm, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. So when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has come to me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I thought this was your project. Anyhow, so Moses, how does he respond? Well, he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, wrong question. God said, I will be with you. Now Moses says, well, suppose I go to the Israelites and they say, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? Now, in our culture, names are, are like little badges that, I tell, that let us know what to call somebody. They're kind of like just a label. So, hello, my name's Gary. You know. Well, in this case, it was, hello, my name is the Lord, which is actually Yahweh. Uh, when you see the Lord in all caps, it's God's personal name, Yahweh. Now, name in, in Scripture is more than just this title of, you know, what's, what, what do I call you? You know, it could be a number, a name, whatever, you know, uh, Linda or, or, or Doug or Jackie or whoever. A name represented a character trait. You know, Abraham, Abram was changed to Abram, father of nations. When his character changed, his name changed, or Jacob changed from Jacob to Israel. And so the question really was, well, yeah, let's get that one. No, let's not skip that one. What do you call yourself? What's your name? Well, I'm Fred. I'm Jackie. I'm Doug. No. 
What's your character? When you think of yourself, who are you? If somebody asks, what's your name? Well, sometimes it's, I'm a, I'm loser, or I'm useless, or I'm a failure. What's your name? But that's a whole different sermon. I mean, that's a whole, we're not going there. But the question really was, God, what, what are you like? That's what names are. What are you like? Now, some of the names of God are the God who sees, strong tower, Lord of hosts. What do you call God? Hmm. Not what should you, not what do you think you should, but is he all-powerful or is he a weakling? Is he good or is he bad because he does bad things, does bad things happen? Anyhow, what you think of God, that's something to be thinking about, but again, that's not part of this. That's part of the story, just not the part we're going to look at today. So Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What is he like? What should I tell them? Well, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to tell them. I am his seven. My, hello, my name is I am. Now that meant a whole lot more to them than it probably does to us, but it means I am, I am the living God. Well, that settled it for Moses, right? But what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? A stick. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Throws his staff, his stick, on the ground. And it became a snake, and he ran from it. Now, Moses had been, spent a lot of time in, in the desert, so snakes were probably part of, you know, he'd been accustomed to them. But a, a stick that turned to a snake, that was pretty scary. But in Egypt, where he had spent most of his life, the snake was, was the emblem of the power of Egypt. And in fact, it was the cobra that you, know, you see it on, on the helmets or on the headbands of the, of the pharaohs. The, so I, I think this was probably a cobra. You know, so he ran. Uh, it, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter because a stick turned to a snake. So throws it down. Moses ran from it. Then the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Are you serious? You don't pick up a snake by the tail. But Moses did. He reached out and took hold of the snake and turned back into a staff in his hand. Pretty cool trick, huh? Pretty, this, is, this is the magic stick, right? This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, me, I am, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. Because you see, this ain't about a stick. It's not about you. It's about I am. Then the Lord said, okay, put your hand inside your cloak, Napoleon style, you know. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous, and it became white as snow. Pretty good trick. 
Now put it back in your cloak, God said. So Moses put it back in his cloak, and he took it out, and it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second sign. But God wasn't done yet. But if they don't believe either of these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. That's a pretty convincing set of proofs, isn't it? I can't really read this one with a straight face. After all this, you know, the stick to snake, snake to stick, the um, hand to leprosy, leprosy to hand, the blood from the water. Moses said to the Lord, but, excuse me, Lord, but I don't speak too well. I, I'm not eloquent. Neither in the past, since you have spoken, or to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Whether he stuttered, whether, we don't know what this was. Whether he, maybe he lost, forgot his, his uh, Egyptian. We don't know. But Moses' excuse now is, in spite of all these great manifestations of the power of God, says, but God, I don't speak too good. And the Lord has a comeback for that. He says, well, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you and will teach you what to say. And now Moses says, yeah, send someone else. That sounds pretty ludicrous, doesn't it? God has shown his ability to do marvelously magnificent things, great and mighty signs and wonders, and Moses said, well, I don't talk too good, so it'd be like like back back to the um, mom work, working on the car and said, "Here, here, Johnny, you know, hold this wrench." And Johnny goes, "Oh, but I can, I don't know how to fix a car, mom. You know, I, I, what if I mess it up? No, but just hold the wrench." Yeah, but I I don't know if I can do that, you know, because I've never fixed a car before and it looks so calm. Just hold the wrench. God's saying, just hold the stick. I'll take care of things. I just want to work with you. I want you to be with me. It's kind of like take your kid to work day. God just wants us to be with him while he works. But take the staff that's in your hand so you can perform, so you can perform signs with it. Still not about the stick. But let's review here. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? Moses said to God, suppose I go and ask, what's his name? Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, but I don't talk too good. And Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, send someone else. How about you? Are you... Are you Willing to hold your stick? Or do you want God to send someone else? See, it's, it's, not, about, it's not about Moses. 
and the stick ain't magic. It's being with God, holding your stick or throwing your stick with, with God while he works. So Moses and Aaron go back and talk to the elders, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. This is going to have a happy ending, isn't it? So now, we're going to rush, not rush through, but kind of, this is a big, long story. But we're going to look at some of the highlights of Moses and Aaron's encounter with Pharaoh. Plague number one, the ten plagues, turning the Nile to blood, Exodus 7, 14 to 24. This is what the Lord says. By this you will know, he's talking to Pharaoh, that I am the Lord with the staff that's in my hand. I will strike the water of the Nile and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die and the river will stink and the Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in vessels of wood and stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh, and his officials struck the water with the, uh, of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. So what's the trick here? How's, how's God work? Well, in this case, Moses, he gets to swing his stick. But now it's not just Moses working. He's got a teammate. Aaron just gets to stretch out his, his stick. So God, how come I can't swing my stick like Moses? You know, we kind of always want to compare ourselves to other people. But see, God doesn't always do things. In fact, he seldom does things the same way twice. So this, in this case, Moses gets to swing his stick. Aaron just holds it out. The frogs. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams. And so Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. So now it's just Aaron holding out his stick, hanging onto his stick. Who's doing the signs and wonders? Is it Moses' ability, you know, how he's swinging this? You know, no, you've got to swing, hold this way, you know, swing it. They're just holding their sticks. The gnats. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground, and throughout the land of Egypt the dust will become gnats. Ooh, now Aaron gets to swing his stick and hit the ground. They did this, and when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came up on the people and animals, and all the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. So now, how's God working? Well, now it's Aaron, not Moses, hitting the dust of the ground with his stick. Who brought up the gnats? How'd they come? Was that because he did it so well? Because he was so competent? He really had his his, uh, stick-wielding skills honed to a to a fine art. Oh, he just take a stick and hit the ground. Dust. God brought up the gnats. Fourth plague, the flies. These are all, by the way, gods of Egypt, representing this is God's victory, Yahweh's victory over the gods of Egypt. 
This is what the Lord says. Let my people go to Pharaoh so that they will, may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies. Even the ground will be covered with them. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the house of his officials throughout Egypt. The land was ruined by the flies. What was the trick here? Who did this? This was the Lord. No stick. No Aaron. No Moses. God didn't need all that. Sometimes he uses it because he wants to work with his kids. He wants them to be with him while he works. The diseases. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on your horses, donkeys and camels, and on your cattle, sheep and goats. The Lord set a time and said, tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the next day the Lord did it. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Again, the hand of the Lord. No stick, no Moses, no Aaron. See, see God's, God's, this may come as a surprise. God can do stuff without us. I mean, that, that may come as a surprise to us sometimes. But God really can do things without us. He wants us usually to be there. In fact, Moses and Aaron, they were there. But it's God who does the work. Oh, but I'm, I'm, I don't speak too well. I'm not, I haven't been to seminary, whatever. We have all sorts of excuses for not holding our stick. The stick's just a dead branch. But God wants to use us as he works. He wants us to be involved in his work. The sixth plague, the boils. So they took soot from a furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it in the air and festering boils broke out on people and animals. <laughs> Moses tossed soot. Now, you know what soot is? It's burnt stick. Doesn't it have, a stick is dead, and now you take a dead stick and burn it. Now you got soot, so toss your, dead, toss your ashes up. And God worked through that. Hail. Then the Lord said, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hail will fall all over Egypt on people, on animals, and every, everything growing in the fields of Egypt. And when Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flashed down to the ground. Moses stretched out his staff to this. This time it's stretched out to this. He's not holding it out. He's not throwing it down. He's not swinging it. He's holding it up. And the Lord sent thunder. Did this send the thunder? Oh, I know the trick for making thunder. I'll raise my stick. No. God sent the thunder and the hail and the lightning flashed down on the ground. The locusts. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over Egypt so that the locusts swarm over the land and devour everything growing in the fields, everything left by the hail. So Moses stretched out his staff God said, stretch out your hand. He stretched out his staff. May or may not be the same thing. 
And the Lord made an east wind blow across the land on that, all that day and all that night. And by morning, the wind was, had brought the locusts. They invaded all Egypt and settled down in every area of the country in great numbers. Never before had there been such a great plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. All because Moses knew how to handle his stick, right? Because God was at work, and Moses got to be with him. Darkness. Then the Lord said, this is nine, we're almost done with the plagues here. Stretch out your hand toward the sky so that darkness spreads, darkness that can be felt. Moses stretched out his hand. Doesn't say anything about a stick. Now there's no stick even. Just raise your hand. Darkness fell. Tenth plague. This is the death of the firstborn. So Moses said, this is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die, from the firstborn son of Pharaoh, who sits on the throne, to the firstborn son of the female slave, who is at her hand mill, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any person or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Israel and Egypt. Moses, Aaron, stick, soot, hand. This is just the Lord. Moving on, we're skipping a lot of the, in this story. It would take a long time to read the whole story. So we're skipping over a lot of stuff. But now they're, they're out in the wilderness now, and the people get thirsty. And now they're all upset at Moses. And Moses cries out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? Hmm. That strike you as odd? God, what am I to do with these people? Like it's like Moses' job to... Fix it. They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord answers, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders, uh, take in your hand the staff, the stick which you struck the Nile with, and go. I will, I will stand there before you by the rock. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the Israel. Oh, I'm Sorry. Moses struck the rock. And that's a pretty cool trick. Striking a rock and water comes out. But the people continued to get thirsty, got even more upset. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him, and he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of them, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels! Must we bring water out of this rock? Apparently, he hadn't read the first part of the story. Well, what's happening? He's starting to take ownership of the mighty works of God. 
So then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice. Isn't that what God said? That's how you, that's how you use the stick. Man. That's the technique for getting God's work done. There may be church planning principles in there. I don't know. But this, this is how you do God's work. Well, no, you do God's work the way he says. Because God says, speak to the rock. And Moses swings it twice. Water gushed out. See, God still took care of his people. And the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of Israel, of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I gave them. Moses had a better way. But it wasn't. He struck instead of spoke. Big difference. He'd, he'd done the stick swinging stuff before, and it worked. Why shouldn't it work this time? Because God didn't want you to do it this time, this way. So, what's the secret of the magic stick? Do you drop it? Did that, turn into a snake? Do you swing it? Do you raise it? Do you burn it? Do you take it but don't use it? Do you just use your hand? It's none of the above. See, it's not about Moses. It's not about the stick. And it's not about you. It's about God and being with him. Now, there's, this, is all, this is kind of like half a truth. This is half a story. Because you, get, you realize that, yeah, God does use us. Paul. In 1 Corinthians says, you know, the, the church is having some conflict. That happened back then. You know, about leaders, you know, in conflict with leaders. Some say, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulus. I'm missionaries were of Jesus, of course. But what's Paul say? I planted. Yeah, I, I had work to do. I planted. Paulus watered. Yeah, great. So what? What are, not who are, what are, it's interesting the way it says that. What are Paul and Apollos? Servants. Because I planted, he watered, but God caused the growth. So yeah, God wants us to do things. He wants us to be with him, but we can't forget it's not about me, my ability, my technique, my training. God uses all that. It's not that's bad, but we can't forget it's not about me, and it's not about the stick. It's about God who causes the growth. Fathers, thank you for wanting to be with us, wanting us to be with you while you work. And you use us, Father, but help us not to take the glory, but to just realize we're just hanging out with our Father because you love us and want, want us to be with you and to be with us. Help us to realize that, Father, and just hold our sticks.
pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our church's mission is to follow God, share His truth, and be examples of the love of Jesus to all. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit our website at www.ritmangrace.org or drop by anytime for one of our in-person Sunday morning worship services. Once again, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast.